it's never nothing's linear nothing's ever going to be just rainbows and butterflies all the time like that's a silly thought that i think a lot of the spiritual community pushes and that's just not true like there's going to be up and downs forever so if you can find tools and understanding to deal with those up and downs better i think to me that's like the main goal because life's never just going to be Woohoo! It's amazing all the time. And it shouldn't be because that's not how we grow. We don't grow in this beautiful bliss time. We grow in the darkness. We grow in the shadows. We grow where we're pushed to the extremes where we have to change. Um, so there's a lot of dynamics, I think, that play into that. And it's where I'm very passionate in trying to bring awareness to because I think that's a big part of the medicine and everything. Hi, welcome to Movement Matters. <sighs> this is a very refreshing episode, not that, well, yeah, yeah, this is a refreshing episode. I, in many ways, originally wanted to start a podcast to highlight the, the richness of everybody around us I'm sorry if you can hear that playing in the background it's a gorgeous day and people uh, we re-record near an airport and people like flying and it's fun to watch and you get to hear it so i'm not sorry i guess this podcast it, it's really grown into something more than was originally intended and that's good at least as far as my original intentions, because it did start with uh, a partner. But my original intention was always to connect deeper with the people around us. Thinking, first and foremost, let's have something that's focused on the local level. You know, we've literally connected with people internationally with this podcast. And I can explain to you how, if you're ever curious, because it's pretty easy actually. The mechanics of how to connect with people internationally are pretty easy, and we have some more relatively uh, big, if you will, international guests coming on uh, throughout this year, since we're still only in the first half of this season. The goal for this season is to go the whole, is to go the entire year, by the way. And as I've mentioned, then repeat some people, if you will. Uh, we'll go at least until the holidays, so to speak. So quite a bit of time left before we start repeating anybody. But anyway, <clears throat> the intention for me, in part, was always to connect deeper with those around us. And I've been able to do that. You hopefully have been able to do that because of this. And this is an episode where we are simply doing that. So... Ama has been coming to Koru with um, her boyfriend, Steve Service, Steve and Nick, as you know. Shout out to the Service Events, one of the six sponsors for this show. And I've gotten to know her a bit. I can tell that 
she, I could tell prior to us doing this podcast that, um, you know, even though we haven't become like close friends, if you will, there's a lot that we could connect on and a lot of value in connecting with her. And there's a lot of value in connecting with everybody, of course. But it was obvious that for many reasons, it'd be worth doing a podcast together. Specifically something that prompted my curiosity or piqued my curiosity was she mentioned at this event here something about a canary. You'll hear us talk about that. So I won't give you too many uh, hints right now. But she mentioned something that piqued my curiosity about her voice and a canary. I was like, okay, that's the sign I needed. We should do an episode. And she agreed. And here you are. She also had a similar logo, <clears throat> actually the same logo as the pillow that I keep in my podcast chair in my office. It's Stay Wild. She has a mug, which is a Stay Wild mug or a canteen. I can't remember which. Um, that's not a big deal, but it's a nice little feature. So <clears throat> the long and the short of it with Ama is there's so much more to come with this person. And you're going to find that out pretty quickly. I'm going to let you just get right into this because there's it's just so great. She's had a hell of a life. I'm going to read her little bio, her bullet points. She wasn't sure how to write her own little bio, but I think she nailed it. Um, I'm going to riff on it a little bit for you. And then I'm just going to let you get right into it. I'm not going to say anything else because there's a lot. This person has a lot to share. She's going to be sharing a lot more. She's going to be listening a lot more come uh, in her life, I think. And she's definitely got the foundation for both. She's a teacher. She's a student. She's a wise gal. And I hope I'm not hasty in calling her a friend at this point. So with that, here's Amma's little bio. And there's a lot more to come with her. So, She's an inspiring yoga teacher looking to help others heal through their traumas. Um, compassion and love are the themes and foundation of everything she does. She's infatuated with the psychology of each individual and how they can show up as their best selves. She understands and has experienced how hard life can be. And she wants others to know they are not alone. Being the reason someone smiles during the day fills her cup. And community takes you further. Thanks for joining us, Ama. Yeah. Here you are. You're all right. Enjoy. It's okay. just a question of is it close enough? <clears throat> is it? Is it good? Yeah. Are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you want to ask me there? Um, how old is Griffin? Gavin. G G oh, you almost messed me up. <laughs> He's 11. 11. Just turned 11 in January. Steve and I were debating it the other night when That's... you guys were getting onto your call. It's funny to imagine. Um, <laughs> because I mentioned having to put him to bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So he was like, we were just talking about how old he might have been. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like he's more like seven. <laughs> so that was actually such a sweet night in so many ways. Bittersweet because um, we switch every Friday. 
<clears throat> in terms of him with me, him with his mom. Yeah. So that was Thursday night. And the call was early enough that I didn't expect this to happen, but I'm not surprised because it was a long week for both Griffin and me. I get off the call and <laughs> he is literally lying on the floor, all bundled up in a blanket, um, not in bed, but he got off of our little sofa. We actually don't really have a couch or anything. We spent a lot of time on the floor. He was He literally lied himself down got on the floor no pillow because we've been talking about that because he his neck actually that's a whole other story um <laughs> and i walk back in i'm actually yelling to him after we got off the call that i'm coming and it was only like 8 30 and i don't hear a reply and he's there sleeping on the floor oh i'll just wait for you yeah it's pretty damn cute that is so cute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see my eyes tearing I at do. that <laughs> I can't stop. Okay. I good. do. Just just the imagery there <laughs> made you tear up. Yeah, you know, it just got me. <laughs> well, he he's a very sweet boy. You would um I don't mind sharing some of the backstory about how he came to be, but we can get into that as we go. It's definitely unique. It's definitely I think something you especially would appreciate given what I um where I suspect this could go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I always like to qualify that I intended to become a dad. His mom and I intended to parent together. So you are literally crying. Do you want a tissue? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> It'd actually be easier if you grab it. All right. right I there. Can do grab, that. Bring the whole box over. Oh this is going to be a tearjerker. Let's just pretend it's the allergies. <laughs> actually, I saw... Uh, Wrist yesterday and her allergies are driving her nuts. So you can Dude. pretend it's that. All right, I'm good with that. Bo yeah. Griffin's really making me tear. Have you met him? I haven't. You haven't met really. him yet. All right. I don't know if Steve has either. I'm trying to think. Probably not. He hasn't been to like any of the events here, right? No, not yet. Maybe we'll fix that though. Yeah. All in good time. <laughs> I'll show you a picture at the end. Have you been, you've seen pictures? I've seen pictures oh, okay. of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a cute kid. So funny thing about his neck. <laughs> we went um not this not the what is today Tuesday, right? <laughs> not 2 days ago but the the Sunday before we went to a water park. Do you know mm. that? Did I talk about this at all with you? Mm-mm. Um it's called American Dream. It's literally like a big new mall near New York City and honestly, it was actually so fun. Yeah. So much fun. One kid, though, literally got a concussion. Another kid probably got sick because of something stupid he ate. Griffin was fine, except <laughs> um, I'm not kidding about the concussion. There was a ride that was literally just like you're being flushed down a toilet. And the kid poor, <laughs> was, poor kid. He, well, he didn't do it right. He didn't hold his head. How old was he? Same age. Okay. So okay. kind of and you needed to hold your head. So Griffin didn't hurt his neck with the rides, and thank God, you could see how people could get hurt there. But it, it, it's it was actually very safe and fun, and you know if you're not careful, clearly you can get a concussion. But that's true of walking down the street. Blah blah blah. <laughs> anyway, a couple of days later, just last week, <clears throat> he hurts his neck. Um, 
brushing his stupidly long hair. <laughs> and because there was a big knot, and I guess he was forcing it through. <laughs> and then he comes out of the bathroom and he's like in pain. Oh, yeah. poor kid. <laughs> right. So that had to do with the whole lying on the floor thing. Why Fair he, enough. yeah, why he, we were spending a lot of time. He's actually letting me do some body work on him, which was really cool. So it was a big week. It started with that trip to the theme park, which was not a normal thing for a Sunday. Needless to say, I think we both went into the week pretty tired because of that. <laughs> Sunday trips like that are dumb if you're not off on Monday, at least for me. <laughs> and I went at it. I played like one of them. Are you so, into water parks? Isn't that what being or having a kid's all about, getting to relive your childhood? For me, it is. <laughs> and then learning more again, continuing to learn. And hopefully someday that's true of grandparenting as well. Maybe even great grandparenting, who the hell knows? But, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, there. Yeah, I, I ran around like one of them. <laughs> Are you into water parks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This Love place was worth going back to. We, what was it called again? American Dream, some subtitle, but it's the water park. Okay. So it's a crazy Never name. Heard of it. It's uh it's kind of a creepy name, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well No creepy vibes though, right? No, I just think of the American Dream as kind of a creepy concept. So uh, yeah. That's, that's it's kind of a weird name for a water park. Well, it was the name I think of the whole complex. There's a amusement park. There's oh. literally a big big mall. It's this new place right outside of New York How new City. is it? I didn't find it. A friend, one of the like school group friends mm -hmm. um, put it all together. I, I didn't do any research on it. Okay. I honestly thought it was going to be like really trashy and I wasn't even looking forward to going. <laughs> I did so little research. I was like, yeah, we'll go because it'll be fun for the kids. And it was really, really fun um, and not trashy at all good, good. So, yeah yeah um all right well, so i think very out. new but i don't know how new okay fair enough yeah we'll have to check it out i would gladly go back especially with a group <laughs> of adults i think it'd be a lot of fun seriously there's a 13 story drop for one of the rides mm, yes. i hate that kind of stuff <laughs> i i did it did your stomach go in your heart uh no you just no? got a bad wedgie Okay, but okay. <laughs> I I would do that. I was surprised I did it. Yeah. And it was fun. Did Griffin do it? Nobody else did it. Nobody else did it. Couldn't talk anybody else into doing it. Wow. And understandably so. First off, you have to walk all the way up there. And you can tell that you're on a wobbly platform at the top, which is on its own. Mm -mm. Exactly. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then in order to do the ride, you have to step into what is this, you know best described as... Tim actually gave me this imagery, um, a phone booth, and they close the door. So you are you have to be willing to handle that for a few seconds. So heights and claustrophobia. Bingo. <laughs> yes. What else is on the list? <laughs> uh, then willing to allow the floor be pulled out from underneath you. And what, you just fly into you water? You literally just fall. So they, tell, they get a three-second countdown, and then boom, the floor comes out from underneath you, and you just fall straight down. And what, into like how deep of a pool? No, 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 no. No it's pool? A slide. Oh, it's a slide? It's a slide. Um, and surprisingly, you don't, I mean, it's like four seconds long. No, well, I would assume, yeah. yeah. So you don't feel much. You just realize you have a wedgie out there. <laughs> it's mostly about the 
the fall. The, okay. The floor, you know, you have to be willing to stand there and trust it and the floor coming out from underneath you. It's a lot of anticipation. Yeah. It's too much for me. <laughs> do, you, do you think Steve or anybody oh, would do it? Oh, yes, they yes, do, yeah. yes. Well. They jumped out of planes. They, see, they love that I don't know if I could stuff. do that. I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't do that. I'm not a hype person. I find the, I mean, it's all arguably dangerous, but yeah, the skydiving thing. Do you know Nico and Erica? Vitality yes. Fit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to I be, don't know them well, but. He used to be like a active, uh, what are they called? Parachuter. Okay. Like he used to do it out in the West a lot. And there was an incident where like he almost died where he was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Nico, telling your story. Um, but no, yeah. that's good. I'd like to get to know him. We've we've connected briefly because of the food. Yes, they do yes, the kitchen, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I've eaten some of it. It's really good. Yeah. But that's exactly it. It's like, especially as a parent, like this doesn't seem worth it. Like maybe yeah. if I didn't have a kid. That's that's a valid, valid point. <laughs> yeah, I could tell like that slide's not a danger. You know you're going to make it out. <laughs> but the kid factor, being a parent, like, no, I wouldn't do that. It's a whole different perspective and responsibility. Yeah. Seems a little, yeah. Well, if yeah, you change your mind, it. I know the boys will say yes. <laughs> I don't even want to. I don't even, no. yeah, especially after what you just said about Nico. It's scary. Yeah, I know people do it. Mostly it's safe. It's yeah. just like anything flying. It's mostly statistically safe. Mm -hmm. Until it's not. Yeah, like a friend <laughs> was just describing. Um, <clears throat> I don't mind saying this because one, they're not sponsors and two, they deserve it because I think they've had issues before. Volkswagen, um, this one new Volkswagen, the brakes just stopped working in my friend's friend's car. Really? Yeah, it sounds terrifying. That does sound terrifying. Like, it almost makes me not want to be in a Volkswagen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Volkswagen. <laughs> and I think it's a computer malfunction, like an ABS sort of issue. But See, that's why I like an older car. Cause... As I'm about to check. Jeep, right. The, Jeep, <laughs> the black Jeep out there. It's not very pretty right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, they've had recalls a lot they of have. years too. They have. But not that model. Um, just my radio. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like to sing, so it's okay, it's right? It's good. I like the quiet, too, so I just ride around in silence all the time. <laughs> wow, good but for I, you. I also don't go that far, so like all of my trips are like 10 to 15 minutes usually. Yeah. I don't have to go far, so I enjoy the quiet. <laughs> You're not off-roading in that thing? Not really, no. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy the quiet. That's a skill to enjoy the quiet. Yeah, Steve and Nick will make fun of me a lot because um, they'll come home and the TV won't be on. Like, I'll just be sitting writing or something. Like, I really enjoy my alone time and quiet time. It goes a long way for me. <laughs> I believe you. And it seems it makes sense from the the persona that you, well, the presentation that you, you have. Well, I'm glad it all aligns. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a great little... I always just check the audio. Segway into the quiet but still feeling some sort of, um, dare I say, need to speak. Yes. That's how I perceived the canary reference. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That was very true. Okay. Do you want to give a little backstory to that? Yeah, like where I lack in speaking, where I should be speaking more. 
Is that how that's you're kind one, of asking? Well, that's one way to word it. So, <clears throat> no, I always wonder, like, all right, well, I've introduced that context before a listener is, you know, at this point in a conversation or not. Maybe I'll, I probably will mention the whole canary thing, but um, it's worth repeating. So, yeah, you because right. you said it, and that that immediately intrigued me. Remember? I'm happy to hear that. Oh yes, I do remember. I yeah. do remember. So before the ceremony, we all pulled spirit cards and whatnot. And this has been like my thing that I've been trying to work on for a while now. Um, it's just using your voice, and I feel like most people can relate to struggling with that. Um, so before we went, I pulled the card and it was the canary and it was all about using your voice. And I was like, all right, fine, message received. So then we came here and we talked about it. And then the next day when Steve told me how much it resonated with you, it resonated with me even more. And I was like, okay, this message is being received from not just me, but somebody else. Um, so there's has to be a lot of power in that. Um, so yeah, and growing up, I haven't really had um, a lot of safe space to use my voice. Um, got teased a lot in school, which I'm grateful now because it made me who I am today. So I've kept a lot of things to myself, which is why I like the silence and quiet so much. Um, but honestly, since meeting Steven, he's really helped me have a safe place to use my voice. And through that, I've just expanded more and more and more. Um, so I think everybody needs to use their voice. I think that that's one of the most powerful tools that we have. Just, I don't think we're taught how to use our voice all the time. Mm. And that's definitely where I've struggled. <laughs> <clears throat> and knowing what we talked about before we record, the only joke we'll make is that clearly Steve does not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> one of the many ways I'm sure you two balance each other out. So this is new for you to open up your, mm -hmm. to, to use some terms that you may dig oh, yes. near jive with your throat chakra. Yes. Chuck, Mildred says it the, the correct way. I forget how she says it. Well, her. Uh, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, more on her later too, because she's going to start teaching here. Is she? Yeah. Oh, I um, love the sounds of that. I forget how she says it. It's like chakra, I think. Um, <laughs> but you're open that open that puppy up. I'm trying. I'm trying. Is that going hand in hand with teacher training? That's where that's where my confidence for opening my voice has started. Um, how long have you been doing that? Longer yeah. than I'd like to admit. Um, you're supposed to go at your own pace, though, right? You are. I'm. When COVID hit, a lot of studios were struggling. I'm sure you can relate to this, um, where they couldn't do in-person um, classes anymore or trainings. So there's this uh, studio in New Jersey, it's called Yoga Renew, um, and they offer a pretty extensive online training. Um, not the way I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to be more in-person just because there's so much more information and emotion that you get from in-person um, and hands-on training, like being online, especially when you're doing something with your body and you don't have someone to adjust your alignment or anything like that, can be a little bit challenging sometimes. And if you know if you're doing something right or not, and then in the back of your mind, knowing that you're also going to have to show someone else how to do this. So if you're not at a good point and you don't know that, you could be screwing up somebody else. Um, so it's definitely had its challenges. Um, but I'm also, because of my low voice, I guess you could say. I prefer online things because I'd get to go at my own space, our own pace. Um, the whole in-class thing 
has been something I've been expanding and getting more comfortable in. But when I first signed up, I was also not comfortable doing that yet. So um, it's definitely helped me gain some confidence and definitely helped me gain some community in that aspect. They do a lot of like online um, Zoom calls and where you can talk about the information that you're learning about and things like that. Um, but yes, yoga definitely was the the start to everything. Hmm. Um, it's not where I plan on having be my only thing that I offer, but it's definitely the foundation that I'm starting on. And I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Is it a certain number of hours, essentially? It's a 200 hour course. Got it. Um, so I think there's what, 200, 300 and 500 is how the typical courses go. And then there's like other like 20 hour courses that you can get in more specific thing like um, prenatal or uh, oh, right. stuff like that. Yeah. So you can always expand and get a little bit more deeper into certain things. But the generic formula is usually the two hour, the 300 and the 500 hour. Got it. So you're doing the 200 first. I'm in 200 right yeah. now. You would know more about that than, than me for the record. I... <laughs> Not, not, yeah, it's a. I have a relationship with yoga, but you are going much deeper for sure. Um, I lived at an ashram for a little bit, but I ne that was the deepest exploration I ever did. What was that like? Steve's mentioned it to me a couple of times that you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I recommend it. I recommend anything like that where you're needing a retreat or a deep immersion to do it. Yeah. I stayed for a couple months. I was just going to ask how long were you yeah. there for? Long enough to really get into the lifestyle. Where was it? It was a Shivananda ashram. Um, there's a few of them throughout the world. In the US, I think there are probably about four. I'm, I'm honestly just guessing though. Uh, this was in Grass Valley, California. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know there are closer ones. There's one in New York, I think in the Catskills. There's one in the Bahamas. It's probably a fourth one somewhere yeah mm. all right that's cool <clears throat> yeah have that's you ever thought about visiting one or staying at one or um yeah definitely yeah. my huge dream which i really hate flying so i don't see this dream coming true <laughs> that fits with what we were just talking about <laughs> yes it does <laughs> um i'd love to go to bali and do it somewhere okay. like that um but again my fear of Flight. It's a flight is a very very big flight it's also not the safest area in the whole wide world <laughs> for anyone yeah for yeah. anyone oh. it's um it's a pretty undeveloped country um okay. there's parts where like the yoga retreats and stuff are good but still i follow a lot of people on instagram um and they're always talking about getting like kicked off their scooters and stuff like that and being robbed so it's it's not the most um so if you stay in a certain bubble maybe it's yeah it's like one of, like if you were going to mexico or something you have to stay yeah. on the retreat center the what's it called all exclusive sure. area sure. yep if you go any further the resort mostly yeah, especially yeah, the resorts oh my i have a story about that that's the word i was looking for oh yeah 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 like in the yucatan near yeah yep. so if you travel outside of it it gets yep. a little bit more dangerous i have quite a few mexico stories but Bal um i i get it yeah maybe costa rica would be easier Right, that's yeah. probably a similar. Oh yeah, kind of a hundred percent. Steve and I have talked about that a lot too, because we're really trying to go do ayahuasca. Oh jeez, <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> Doesn't that fit the bill? <laughs> Why? Well, d do you know in, about me with that? Because I don't know what Steve and Nick and I have. What you've all shared and, and what gets translated. No, I, have you done it? I have. No, yeah. I did not know that. Yes. How was that experience <clears throat> for you? 
Well, to bring us back around, um, it's how I, it is literally how I became a father. Really? To say the least. Yeah. So that's getting really personal. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's not something I haven't kept a, or haven't kept a secret. That's not like I haven't been public about it before, but yeah, we intentionally did, I uh, drank ayahuasca at a very organized ceremonial yeah. setting in 2010, um, in fact, last year was a bit of an anniversary in that it was the same kind of spring in that my birthday is April 4th, and in 2010, April 4th and Easter Sunday were the same day. That was the same last year, <clears throat> April 4th and mm -hmm. Easter Sunday, to whatever extent that matters. It seemed like it mattered at the time, and it kind of seemed like it mattered last year too, because last year was a big reshuffling as well. Needless to say, that Saturday, April 3rd uh, in 2010 is when we did the ceremony. And the next day, uh, Griffin's mom and I talked about becoming parents together. Wow. And we talked about it for a little bit, and eventually we decided to do it. And is that's that, how it happened. Is that something that came through the medicine? Yeah, the yeah. whole idea came then. Yeah, it was, it was literally how it started. That's amazing. So there you go. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so is it powerful? Yeah, it's, it's uh, life changing. It looks like frighteningly powerful. Um, I wouldn't go lightly into it. Um, I have literally no desire to do it again. Never mm -hmm. did it again. Never. Yeah, never wanted to. It, not only life changing. I think it is. It's extremely important to do carefully. No question. Yeah. Um, there's a funny movie that came out. I'm sure that it's parodied in many situations, but I thought it was a pretty, f uh, <laughs> silly representation of, of it because it didn't look at all real. It was Ben Stiller and, um, somebody else in this movie about, uh, growing older and, and like a more or less midlifey kind of crisis mm -hmm. and question about identity and blah 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 it was a funny movie it was good and there's this moment in new york city where the group of them drink ayahuasca and it's like that's not that's how not it how goes it works. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like on a dieta for like days before weeks or months before don't you yeah which i didn't do right and that could have had a that may have been why it was really hard for me i didn't do that right for sure you should do that the there is no question you should do that um I didn't throw up at all, by the way, but I had really? a, I had a, oh God, yeah, but I had a <laughs> dramatic experience, no, sh and probably traumatic uh, is why I really? take it so seriously. Yes, I'm willing to bet that I, I don't know if it's fair to say, it's sort of irrelevant at this point, but I mean, it obviously changed my life for, just in terms of becoming a, wanting to become a parent, but more specifically, um, yeah, I think it was a very dramatic restructuring of my brain, my nervous system. I'm not, I was tempted to call it brain damage, but I, I, I think that's wrong. I hit my head though. And I think ultimately it's all, you could, it's hard not to look at it with this like really sort of, dare I say, spiritual lens. So I don't, really think about it in any negative way okay. i definitely wondered for way back i mean this was 20 i was 23 
this is way back. So I look at it these days with um, a whole different attitude. And I would just encourage anybody to to do it very, very intelligently and oh carefully. There's this uh, documentary called The Last Shaman on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's about this guy that has like severe depression and like been pushed academically to to his like wits end basically. And he goes to different like hospitals. He goes to different recovery places and nothing's helping him. Um, so he goes on this journey looking for a shaman to do ayahuasca. And throughout his journey, I think in Peru, there was one that like somebody died during it. So yeah, yeah it's not just like a taking mushrooms with your friends like there's well, even that could be dangerous that can be too but there it's so much more potent and you really need to know who is facilitating it and none of this should be taken lightly none of it it's incredibly irresponsible for anybody to act like it it's it should ever be recreational i don't even think pot is safe for some people i'd ag- i'd agree with that too I agree with that too. I'm definitely an avid smoker, but <laughs> <laughs> to each well, every, but everybody's a little different. Yeah, everybody's yeah, a little yeah. different. Um, this guy did, however, do it in this documentary. Or? Yeah. So yeah. he, because his of of his uh, dietas that he had to do, he sat in a few ceremonies, um, and that's where one of the ceremonies that he sat in, he saw somebody die, and Jesus. then how would they die though. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I think that he wasn't supposed to have another cup of medicine and he got it. I've heard a lot of people that say that go to Peru, like Peru is kind of more of the most more dangerous of the ayahuasca plant really? that I've I heard. I did it with a Peruvian Did shaman. you? Did yeah. you? I mean, I just see it there because I think I, that I think he was great. They've but... seen um a lot of Western people come there. So there's become a market for it. So, and when anything becomes a market, you can do it in not such a genuine way. Um, so that's just what I've sure. heard and read about. Um, there's obviously certain places, like if we ever wanted to go, there's this place called Solterra and that's in Costa Rica. I've heard of it. Yep. Um, so you have to do your research. You have to do have your trust. You have to know where you are and whatnot. But he did see it in Peru. And then I forget where he moved to next and that's where he did it next and it wasn't in peru so he watched someone die and then he still did it so i don't know what that speaks but to me that was pretty powerful sounds like it speaks to the like you're saying the commodification issue and the things can get sloppy people are maybe trying to it might not have been a good situation right and that makes sense you know you you yeah somebody trying to just capitalize exactly um so not worth really thinking any further about probably because just like skydiving any really catastrophic situation is statistically insignificant so i i don't i wouldn't poo-poo it for anybody i think you two would probably get a lot out of it um it's just don't take it lightly yeah yes i appreciate that advice (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah the Peruvian shaman Don Diego doesn't even, from what I understand, do the ayahuasca ceremonies anymore. He does, I think, called pujas, um, and that's a yoga term, mm-hmm. I believe. It is. Yeah, and I don't know what that entails. I don't know the differences because I haven't kept up with any of it. My cousin did keep up with it. He knows more. He did ayahuasca a couple times with him, as do many, as did many people in my mm-hmm. life. I know a guy who now lives in Ecuador with his wife and. I think two, maybe three kids. He drank ayahuasca. I think it was over 50 times 
And there's no question he got what I think people are looking for from it. Hence, he lives in the freaking jungle. <laughs> and I, I'm mostly curious about people's motivations because it matters, like you're pointing out. You hinted at mental health. I think we should get into that. Um, it's no, it's not necessary though. Mm -hmm. It's not necessary. I, I'm, I would wholeheartedly stand by that. There's no, you don't need it. No. Well, you're not supposed to need anything but yourself and your breath, right? So I was about to say, <laughs> thank you. Literally the best part I got, I mean, aside from Griffin, which was obviously, I hope it doesn't go without saying, a blessing changed my life. I, I, who knows where I would have been had that, had I not done that. Hence, I can't look at it without any kind of like mystical attitude. I'm like, I don't know where I'd be without that. Mm -hmm. So, and I like where I am. So the shaman, there are two very, very important songs that stuck with me or things that he said. There's a lot that stuck with me about how he was his, you know, with all of us and with me in particular at times. Um, some really, really poignant details. But he sang a song, literally the lines were, and he sang it like an Icaro. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of them were in, you know, other languages, of course, but this was not. It was, life is so simple, you just have to breathe. Wow. Just sang a song, and that was it. That was the whole song over and over and over, and it was a very unforgettable song. Life is so simple, you just have to breathe. Good song. It worked. It uh, it stuck with me. And the other thing he literally said at the end, <laughs> I'm not going to get this completely right, but he, of course, drank a lot to be prepared as a shaman, and he... He was talking about his experiences and how one of his teachers at one point said to him, and he was relaying that to us, that wanting to drink this medicine means you're either the most courageous, um, <clears throat> you're, the mo you're filled with courage, you're the most cour courageous human of all, or you're absolutely insane. <laughs> and he said, or maybe both. <laughs> And I think he's right. So, and I think he would, saw it as both. But insanity is a tricky concept. Courage is, is needed. If you don't have it, you better, especially for that. But yeah, the insanity part's intriguing because you just hinted at the need to just breathe, yet there is an attraction to it. And I think I understand the attraction to it, just like the attraction to the cacao on Saturday, mm -hmm. the attraction to you and THC, I'm guessing. <laughs> There's no, yeah, why is it attractive? Because if it is just, I mean, if breathing was it, why are these things still attractive? That's very true. Well, I think that that goes into your um, statement about mental health and how we all have either substances or outlets that help us feel more safe in our, in our head, so we think, but in the actual reality, is it anything that you actually need or is it just your breath? I don't know. I go back and forth. There's a very like spiritual aspect that you can look at things. And I think that that's a very spiritual aspect. All you need is your breath. But in reality, we need a lot more or we want a lot more as a human. And I do believe that there is this line of being a spiritual person and also having a human experience. 
So I think that sometimes those things are are important to experience because who knows what happens when we die and if you're ever going to experience them again. Obviously in moderation and not to a point where it's hurting yourself. Um, but I think that those are a reason we're attracted to some of those things and want to do some of those things. And I don't think it's all just negative and um, like filling space for emptiness or something like that. Like a lot of substances are used. Like I don't look at cacao like that. But I think everything does have its vice and for where we are in our head, why we gravitate to certain things. And if your head's not stable, you might gravitate towards alcohol or weed or whatever it may be. If your head's really good, you might gravitate more towards the cacao and the heart uh, opening thing. Um, so I don't know. There's quite a balance when it comes to those things, I think. And I think like everything in this world, everybody wants to look at it as black and white when a lot of us live in this gray area. Um, and the gray area affects us all differently. And it's not gonna fit into this black and white process. Um, so that's where I see a lot of things. And I that's where I see where I think a lot of us struggle because we're trying to conform into one of these extremist ways when in reality, none of us really live there. We live in this gray area. Um, so I think that's where some of those attractions play into that too. But I don't know, that's just my thought. <laughs> oh, I think you know. <laughs> that's a lot of what Mildred would uh have you talked with her about that? Uh -uh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a you two could definitely grok in that regard. Um and I agree. It's not just a thought. I think you can you can flick that little disclaimer. <laughs> more and more isn't it relatively clear how the extremes are they have a damaging effect, a mm -hmm. degenerative, dysfunctional effect. It seems like it's more and more clear than, for yeah, for better or worse, it's increasingly clear. The gray is therefore, I think, increasingly clear as well. The attraction to it, it's hard though to to be there. <clears throat> I think that's actually the probably the essence of why it's attractive. And these things are we we both like coffee. Mm -hmm. I mostly that's probably the main one that i play with but i take supplements i don't just breathe <laughs> air and i you know not yeah the whole we're not even going to touch breath air and that's not what i'm talking about but it that um i think there is a re shuffling in terms of awareness for how damn there is a lot of excess. Maybe we don't really need that. Probably don't want that. Probably not helpful. Probably not serving the actual desires that I live with. Mm -hmm. I believe, and more and more of us are seeing that, I believe it is going to get clearer on a larger scale how excess. We've tolerated it. We've essentially normalized it we've essentially tricked ourselves into believing that it's um, natural even and we can change that we can reorganize things so that's not the case is it going to be easy no it's not easy now but it is possible and i think that's that's the silver lining for everything in some ways that's happening on any scale um but ultimately, I think the question that you're kind of pointing to and that whether or not you meant to is does 
Yeah, you brought up, of course, breath. In a, we can imagine a lifestyle and a, a you know, shared lifestyle, not just our own, because you can only do so much on your own. Mm-hmm. A shared lifestyle where we are normally feeling healthy, <laughs> whether you call it mentally healthy or whatever. It's not really just mental anyway. Oh, no. I think most of these distinctions are part of the excess, like mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, blah, 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 social. These distinctions actually are reflections of excessive tendencies, mind, body, spirit. Like These are bonkers concepts, um, inner, outer. I mean, it's, it's a way of referring to something so that we can hopefully go a little further, but these concepts are largely bonkers, especially if you know, you'll know that for sure if you drink ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need it to know that. It's increasingly possible that we can all understand that we've normalized many strange and excessive concepts mm-hmm. that aren't serving what we seemingly truly want. I think it's kind of- Because there's more joy in the gray. Oh, if there's not, 100% more joy. For yourself, for all. Right. And I feel like the excess that you're kind of talking about, what came to my brain when you were talking about that was kind of like um, the excess is the symptoms and it's not getting to the root cause of what is actually inside of you. And I think that's where we're all stuck right now because we have been giving so much excess all the time. And it's, it's just kind of like medicine. Like they keep giving you medicine to fix the, fix the symptom, but they're not getting to the root cause. And I think that we as a society, one, haven't been taught how to get to the right root cause. Two, who knows what all of our root causes are. You know, we're, we all come from different backgrounds and different traumas, different things. So it's hard to relate to each other sometimes because we're so unrelatable to ourselves. So instead, we indulge in all of this excess stuff to try and find some kind of way to have an identity in a way instead of just going deeper because I don't think any of us were really, I shouldn't say any of us, I think majority of people weren't taught that, especially in the world that we live in today. We've been taught to keep grabbing for more and more and more stuff. Um, I don't know if that kind of goes on to what you were saying a little bit. But that's why, especially with the way the world is right now, I'm so adamant on people healing and understanding themselves because if they can't start there, all these outside bigger problems are gonna be so much harder to understand if we can't even understand ourselves and why we react and do certain things. Um, In the same aspect though, I think our nervous systems have been programmed to be so, I don't know, agitated at certain things that come into play which gets us further and further away from the root of everything now we're just angry at the things that have been triggering us for so for so long in this access in this excess world that we live in like telephones the news opinions whatever it may be um and it's easier to attack those things than it is to look inside ourselves um so that's where i think the ultimate healing needs to start is individually and your emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The quote, yeah, I think it's a, she didn't say it first, but it makes sense. And Rissa just said it yesterday when we were talking, freedom is an inside job. And I, I think she's, I know what she meant. And she's largely right. You know, if people care about freedom, which I know they do, then yeah, you, you better not ignore, you better start with, or at least 
make sure it's part of what you're prioritizing, what you're actually truly experiencing, thinking, feeling, and why. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just pointed out that inside outside isn't a real distinct. It isn't a distinction which serves long term. But to your point and her point as well, you better not be hasty and only focus on what's going on around you. You better mm-hmm. you better pay attention and observe yourself. And that's why awareness truly is the only thing that will work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, awareness being an inherently, to me, integrative word and concept for all of this. This being the reality that, of course, too much pavement has an effect and not just on the ability for, quote unquote, the environment to flourish or thrive and for trees to um, do their thing, but for us to live. Of course, too much of this has this effect. Of course, too much of this has this effect. Understanding cause and effect um, pushes you to, I mean, think of karma. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm oversimplifying certain narratives and concepts there, but awareness is the only tool, really, I think, that works in every situation. And I would say, in that regard, we don't know what the root cause is, and I don't think we need to. I actually think trying to find that is a, to some extent, just a maybe fun thing to play with, but not worth, really worth it, in that it wouldn't result in, it would only be beneficial if it resulted in more awareness. And awareness to me, is most attractive in that there's no ending. You're not finding a solution that then ends everything. So if we're hypothetically thinking of a root cause as a means to an end, forget it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But understanding ourselves, which we are capable of more now than ever seemingly, with more and more awareness, with more and more intelligence, with more and more wisdom, understanding certain patterns make sense to me. And I think one of the primary, really maybe the primary one, but one of the at least two or three primary ones is um, believing in separation. So, you know, wild is a thing you and I appreciate. I have the pillow, you have the mug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like to think like, all right, you pick, you figure out the root cause for our whole species, our whole, the whole animals. Like, well, Probably, however you look at it, whether you believe in evolution, whether you're strictly coming at it from a religious standpoint, um, we're all ending up at the same place in that like, you can see, oh, somewhere along the line, people realize separation isn't the whole story. Connection is the foundational detail. Somewhere along the line, people realized it. Did we have that awareness and then forget it? I don't know. It's the essence of yoga, obviously, mm-hmm. as well. Somewhere along the line, though, some people essentially figured that out. And today, it's provable on essentially every scale. So whether it's a root cause or just a more learning is needed, um, those patterns of seeing that belief in separation and disconnection doesn't serve. Believing in connection does. Mm-hmm. Here's how. 
dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Am I the dot, dot, dot? <laughs> We're all the dot, dot, dot. Everybody, everything, yeah. I was like, you're Do not you... looking for an answer right now, are you? <laughs> not on purpose, but okay. I think you be you be the dot, dot, dot. Oh, sure, man. be the dot, dot, dot. Know, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> really? Oh. Well, I think we're both. I mean, I'm contributing getting a lot. Contributing to the dot, yeah, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you contributing. You feel pressure. Why do you feel pressure? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm only surprised in that you've already, uh, to me, you know, the canary's been quite present, so. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel quite that way though no I, I am i am i am this is just all new so i'm just getting more comfortable i guess oh, as it goes on you mean the pot like the, just right the medium yeah yeah well it's not new to you to talk about this <laughs> stuff right i don't know it's the first time that i've really gotten to speak about it outside of my household yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's only ever been the bros and yeah, my whoever. audience is very slim <laughs> Well, for now, for now. Yeah. Good. Well, I think that has a lot to do with why I, what I said to Steve after that ceremony. I was like, oh, never thought about talking to her about that. I, I could see where that could go. That could be pretty, I bet that would be really enjoyable. Well, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Here's something you can easily talk about. Not that you can't talk about everything else easily, because quite frankly, it seemed pretty natural for you. But you've mentioned, you mentioned your mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's very close to home. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, So I refer to my growing up and adolescence a lot like the TV show Shameless, if anybody has seen that. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where I call my dad Frank and his name is Steve. (laughs) But at this point, it's all out of um, love and understanding. Like, he doesn't take offense to it or anything like that. But that was a pretty good reality of what my childhood was like. Um, So in reference to my mom, she played the character Monica pretty well. Um, Frank is William H. Macy? Yes. Okay. I've not watched it. Okay. So Frank is kind of like a, a deadbeat drunk that does whatever he can to get through the system and his oldest daughter kind of takes care of everything, which, hi. That's you. <laughs> That's me. That's where you come in. All right. Um, and then the mom struggles with bipolar and um, mental illness quite heavily, which my mother has struggled with that her whole life. Um, so growing up, I was exposed to a lot of unsteadiness and not a lot of safeness, which is where keeping my voice so quiet has come from. Mm. Um, Both of them have taught me an extreme amount about life that I don't think I could have gotten in a school system or anything like that. So I've always said that I am forever grateful for that because it's definitely made me the person that I am today. And I like that person. Um, I'm proud of that person. She's withstand quite a lot in life. Um, But yeah, more specifically, my mom did take her life in 2020, September of 2020. And I'd be lying if I said it was unexpected 
I've kind of have been waiting for, not waiting for it because that sounds horrible, but kind of knew that that was going to happen some point in my life. Um, and saying that and knowing that, I thought dealing with it would be a lot easier, and it was not, <laughs> obviously. You can never plan on how to deal with something like that. Um, so it definitely cracked me open. I actually started my yoga training like three days before it happened, which is part of the reason why it's taken me so long to get through because I had quite a few waves to go through before I could really show up for it. Um, still going through those waves. We'll probably forever go through those waves. Just not something that, you know, you can fully slap a Band-Aid on and be done with. I think it's going to be something that I, you know, carry with me my whole life, you know, having kids and anything like that. Um, but in the same breath, it's taught me a lot about presence and being present in life. Um, cause you just don't ever know when it could be over. Um, but yeah, it definitely cracked me open to a level that I didn't really know I was capable of reaching. Um, it's been, it's been a messy couple of years to be honest, but I found a lot of grace in it and I found a lot of medicine in it. Um, and I'm still on the journey of it all. Um, but I take mental health very, very seriously. And I take other people taking their mental health very, very seriously. Um, I am one of those people that is kind of against pharmaceutical drugs just because she was on them for so long. And I watched them deteriorate her for like the last 10 years. Again, to each their own. I would never you know, say somebody shouldn't be on them or shouldn't do something or they should. Um, just me personally, I watched it destroy her and it's not something that I would ever want to be in. Um, but yeah, I think mental health is a big, big issue in our world today. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, again, which is why the awareness, not the root cause, but the awareness of where you come from, what you've been exposed to in life, how you react to it in life is so important. Because I think if she had some of those tools and understanding, um, side note, she was adopted. So there was a really big missing puzzle for her there that she spent her whole life trying to fit into and trying to figure out. Um, and I just think if she had some of the more tools that we have today that she could have maybe avoided some of the pain and trauma she went through um but she didn't and this is where we're at now so my sister and I have gotten closer because of it thankfully we've always been really close but um I'm definitely grateful to have a sibling throughout all of this because it would be really hard to go through by yourself and I giggle and laugh when I'm nervous so <laughs> it's not that I'm laughing at her or anything like that um it's just, it's not something that you talk about very often. And surprisingly enough, not a lot of people ask either, um, which I understand because. They don't ask what? Like about the situation or anything. Even if they know that yeah. your mom took her life? Yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah. I had, it's more of a topic that it's so dark. I mean, the way that she did it wasn't very pleasant either. So it's so dark that people are like, I don't have space for that. And I understand that. But it's been kind of lonely because of that dealing with it, um, which is why I, I can put a disclaimer in the episode just if you want to say how. Uh, yeah, um, she jumped in front of a train. I uh, think I think Steve. 
which yeah. honestly I've had many moments with her where she's tried to take her life throughout my life. Um, it was always drugs and alcohol, cutting, things like that. Um, she met somebody about five years before she did this and his wife took her life by jumping in front of a train. Yeah. Crazy that you brought up April 3rd too. That's her birthday. Mm. Um, but anyway, I think that meeting someone and knowing that someone did it that way showed her that it was a way, it was a successful way to be able to do it. So I don't like trains now <laughs> to say the least. That um, seems pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. Not, the, not my, not my go-to way of transportation for sure. It's weird too. Cause. It, well, it's literally been less than two years yeah. so I would think you've got quite a bit of time uh -huh. before a train Comes doesn't have life. that kind of trigger for you 100% it <clears throat> um, was also like she her and her boyfriend they lived in a hotel for like the last five years and it was like right next to the hotel that she went to it's crazy because there's so much in the unknown like I talked to her that day and had no idea. I mean, don't get me wrong, we didn't talk all that often because of all of her mental stuff. It was really draining a lot of the time to talk. Um, but I talked to her that day and had no inclination. I talked to her boyfriend that day, had no inclination. And then I didn't find out until the next morning after it happened. My grandparents didn't even call my sister and I the night that the cops showed up. Um, so I have this like, curiosity i guess you could say of how and like when and not how it looked but i think my both my sister and i have talked about like we've almost wanted to see it but you don't at the same time but there's just so much you see like the, the platform yeah know? yeah the i don't know i don't know there's videos and stuff of everything anymore um oh jesus i know it's deep it's dark but there's so much not knowing is I didn't also even think of that. It's it's such a big question like what what she look like? What was her facial like? Like I know what her painful face looks like and obviously she was in pain if she wanted to do that, but like there's just such a a curiosity of what her state was at that point. Um and not being able to have that makes it a little hard. Mm. To cope with. Again, not seeing it would make it any better. I my sister and I've gone back on that many times i personally don't want to see it as much as she would like to see it but i don't think that that's going to make the closure come any more full circle than it is right now if that makes any sense um it does and i can comment on that if you want but yeah i'm totally open oh uh, i would not do that oh oh okay <laughs> you would not do it what do you like no i wouldn't look for that Right. I, I agree. I don't think that that's going to bring any kind of closure that my sisters may be looking for. If anything, it's just going to be a more painful memory to live with, I think. Seems like a pretty great way to keep the wound from healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So each day and every day is a new day to kind of cope with it. Um, I've had some really cool experiences where I think she's come into this realm out of her realm that she's in now and that's been comforting um 
But yeah, it's definitely a, a hole that I'm still working on healing through. Right? Like I said, I think it'll be a lifetime, lifetime heal. Definitely. And I, I'm ready for it. <laughs> There's no question it will be. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a big wound, too, because she wasn't in my life my whole life. Um, so I have very weird, not weird, but disconnect to the feminine because I didn't have a female person growing up in my life or a female authority. Are you the older sibling? I'm the oldest, So you yeah. were mom. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. And I was taking care of a dad that really wasn't able to show up right. on top of taking care of a younger sister. And now just learning how to take care of myself, mm-hmm. um, which has been very eye-opening and frustrating in some aspects because you're like, I've been taking care of all these people my whole life. How can I not take care of myself? Or how do I not know myself? I know these people so well. Um, which has brought me to a really big thing recently where for so long I've given myself so much credit for surviving through a lot of the things I've survived. But especially with this instant, instant in, um, there's so much I didn't feel and deal with. And when that happened, that kind of really opened my eyes to, wow, I've just been surviving this whole time and I haven't been feeling through anything. And now I have this really big heavy weight where I have to deal with it. Um, so in a way, I am grateful that it has opened my heart and eyes open to that and that there's quite a lot of work that I still have to do internally, even though I thought I was doing a really good job of it all this time. Um, but the work's never over. Well, you are doing a good job. Thanks. It's just, like you just said, doesn't finish. I know. And then there's different levels of it. Um, yes, of course. And there's no ending. <clears throat> Which can be a little intimidating at times. <laughs> I believe it's extremely intimidating for the majority of the species. Mm-hmm. I, I not, But let's not shift back to a macro too hastily but <laughs> yeah there's no, you you're doing a great job Working on it's it. um never mind her killing herself just managing all of it had she not killed herself is still enormous <clears throat> yes yes and you know my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family are very there <laughs> and have never really been there. So that brought up a lot of anger. I was very angry for the last year um, just because I expected so much more. Um, like I said, because I always kind of thought that this situation would happen. I had this idea in my head that when it did that, all of these other people in my life would come forward and really finally be there for my sister and I. And that didn't happen. Hmm. So that made me really, really angry. Um, and I'm still coping with that anger. I basically told everybody in my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family to go to hell, basically, because I was just so angry. But I know that that's not going to be beneficial for the rest of my life. That's not going to help me in any kind of way. Um, I watched my mom have so much anger towards everybody and ultimately saw where that got her. So that's not how I want to live the rest of my life. Um, so definitely healing through a lot of those anger wounds that 
have been built up for a very long time. I think you're allowed to be angry for the record. Thanks. <laughs> In case that isn't clear, it seems like an appropriate well, thank feeling. You. Thank you. Hmm. What's your sister's name? Cordelia. Cordelia. Yes. It's from a Shakespeare play. Oh, right. I don't know which, I forget which one. I'm not really entirely sure what I was either. <laughs> I just know that there was a king that had two daughters and Cordelia was one of the daughters. Yeah. My dad's <clears> tell you better. I can, <laughs> I, can re I can see it. I don't remember which play though. We'll figure it out later. Yeah, later down the road. <laughs> well, thanks for being so transparent about that. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Sorry, more people don't, but maybe they will. And it's understandably people know or don't know how to bring up a lot of things. Mental health is a unifying challenge. Um, I imagine people fear talking about suicide in any regard because mm -hmm. well the ones that don't bring it up I can imagine there's discomfort around the idea because it's heavy well more specifically it's terrifying for people to imagine what if I got lost in that mm -hmm. sort of way because mm -hmm. it is a what if that technically anybody could be dealing with. Very true. Especially, I feel like we've seen that even more in the last couple of years, which is yeah. why I think having compassion and that old saying of being nice to whoever you run into is really, really important because you just, you never know what someone's struggling with. I, yeah, I think it is fair for people to be <clears throat> worried about suicide rates increasing. Yeah. I was actually just discussing mental health with a friend this morning because he was pissed off that certain groups of people overgeneralize to such an extent that they're not empathizing with again some like more systemic issues take like why are people overweight there are a lot or why is there such a perhaps large percentage of people dealing with um weight challenges and whether it's overweight or obese like why are there so many people dealing with that <clears throat> is it you know no matter what like don't skip the empathy but especially like there's probably a systemic component to it as opposed to somebody's just lazy or somebody's just not motivated enough or somebody blah anything you could do to negate the system and put it all in that one individual or that group of people because they're just um not taking responsibility for themselves this was the essence of his probably rage in that moment and i think we basically agreed yeah never mind the basic fact that it always comes back to some sort of context of mental health too 
no matter what. And I think that's true for literally everything. And it's why, <laughs> and you could say it's true for everything because of the fact that, like we talked about with awareness, there is that essential inside job component that we haven't prioritized as a species. We haven't prioritized as a culture. Um, and hopefully we will. And in the meantime, there is probably going to be more uh, catastrophe mm-hmm. as we learn. That seems true. It does, which is why healing is more important <laughs> now than ever. And one of the really big components that I'm very passionate about healing is the inner child. Mm. Because to me, that's where everything stems from. Um, it stems from you personally. If you can look at your parents and what they went through as children, you can see why they react to you a certain way. You can see how they react in relationships. Like, There's just so much of it that has come from that inner child. And I think at some point in our lives as a child, we've all experienced trauma, whether it was you fell and hit your knee, your parents beat you, however the degree of where it goes to, everybody's experienced it. It's not fair to say that someone's trauma is more traumatic than someone else's because we've all experienced it. So I think that from that trauma, we've all made decisions to feel safe and you know, a lot of us don't realize this until we're 30, 40, 50 years old. So now we have 30, 40, 50 years old or years to unravel to figure out where that root cause or that awareness was that triggered us to react this way and how we deal with people now. Um, so I found a lot of healing and looking at my mom's inner child and seeing where she struggled and what components scoped her to be how she was in this day and age. Um, And it's brought me a lot of compassion and understanding, and it's helped take that anger away. Same thing for my dad. My dad has made my life a living hell, to be honest. Um, But I look at where he's come from and the choices that he's made because of where he's come from, And it makes more sense. So it makes it easier to forgive because in the end of the day, you can't control anybody but yourself. And if you can control how you feel towards somebody else based off of understanding and compassion, it's going to make those relationships a lot easier to to navigate. It's never, nothing's linear. Nothing's ever going to be just rainbows and butterflies all the time. Like that's a silly thought that I think a lot of the spiritual community pushes. And that's just not true. Like, There's going to be up and downs forever. So if you can find tools and understanding to deal with those up and downs better, I think to me that's like the main goal because life's never just going to be, woohoo, it's amazing all the time. And it shouldn't be because that's not how we grow. We don't grow in this beautiful bliss time. We grow in the darkness. We grow in the shadows. We grow where we're pushed to the extremes where we have to change. Um, so there's a lot of dynamics, I think, that play into that. And it's where I'm very passionate in trying to bring awareness to, because I think that's a big part of the medicine and everything. But Stephen always tells me, and I always like to repeat it, pick your heart. You know, it's really hard to lose weight. 
it's really hard to take supplements every day. It's really hard to wake up early. It's really hard to go on a run. It's really hard to do this. It's really hard to be overweight. It's really hard to be unhealthy. It's really hard to go to a job that you hate every single day. Pick your heart. And, you know, to each person that's going to look different and that's going to imply different actions to pick that hard, you know, it's not like you can just ignore your uh, daily responsibilities and and go running every day and ignore everything. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, But you do have a choice in what hard you want to be in. And I think healing is really, really hard, but it's really, really beneficial. And you'll find a lot more understanding of yourself. And then if you can understand yourself, you can understand people a lot better, which that's what we're all here do is to be a community and to interact with other people. We're social animals. We're not supposed to just be hermits by ourselves and just keep all this information to ourselves. So at the end of the day, don't you want to understand people and be able to communicate with people better? That's how I look at life. <laughs> I think there you go. Yeah. <laughs> What is there to add to that? Yeah. See, there's the canary. There it is. (laughs) Not that we couldn't continue, but honestly, it feels like a good place. Mm -hmm. I'll echo what you said about, um, because I think it is extremely, the subtle significance is so, well, the significance isn't, as obvious as I think it will be over time and so subtle that growth doesn't end and more importantly, why would you want it to? It's a very increasingly, again, I think many of these things as we become more aware as as a collective, as a species, as an animal, wanting an ending is crazy. So (laughs) does it have to... Arguably, yes. Does it have to be as painful, I think, as we've accepted it to be? No. I'm putting a hard no there. Absolutely not. But the need to continue to learn is implicit for being alive, which I think is the essence of what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Of course, ideally... The pain is not so, uh, it's not what we've grown accustomed to normalizing and and dealing with and to the best of our abilities and sometimes to the extent that you have to tap out. That's not ideally the norm. No, it's not. <laughs> but growth never will never end. Learning will never end. No, And to want it is, is part of the fundamental, I think, root cause quite frankly if you will but i don't feel like i want to i think i wanted to hear you and you've you've been heard (laughs) i think we ought to honestly leave it well i'm good on that i appreciate the opportunity to be heard and to use my canary voice so canary yeah they can be loud right they can be (laughs) small but loud right small but fierce (laughs) seems appropriate for you (laughs) You don't have to be like this thing here. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever be like that. I'll leave that to Steve. (laughs) 
Ah, you see Steve there. I see Steve there. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I love this because of what uh, it honestly brings in the inner child to me. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I, that of course was that spoke to me. But I'm glad you see Steve. <laughs> I like Steve. <laughs> you both have um, quite quite power behind you. That's how I see that. Well, that's one one expression, one mm-hmm. one presentation of power. Canary. I don't know if there's one on this, but I like the variety of totems, if you will. Yes. I don't know if there's one there, but more importantly, they're all powerful. <laughs> Even the little titmouse. Hey. Do you know yeah. the? That's up there. It's a cute little guy. I can't I tell which one it. it is, but it's such a fun name. <laughs> Even the smallest of things have. Oh, uh, there it is. It's a real. Look at the bird feeder. Oh, is it? So go down to the middle of the bird feeder. Uh huh. And then to the right, it says the tufted titmouse. Oh, okay. Yes, see I it? do see it. It's yeah. A cute little thing. <laughs> With so much purpose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just like you so oh, thank you <laughs> this was fun this was fun thanks for coming thank you for having me we'll do it again sometime sounds good <laughs> like i said she's got a lot to share and she's going to be doing a lot more of that very soon not to mention listening so thank you ama we'll leave it at that thank you to all our sponsors especially service events and You'll see you all soon. We'll leave it at that. Short and simple for this one. Thanks, everybody. Be well. Bye.